0: The program which follows is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM.
1: You're listening to Very Loose Women good evening listeners you're listening to very loose women on resonance 104.4 fm and you've just heard the wonderful sounds of club integral also i want to say a special thanks to the guys because they introduced us to some incredible menstrual performers who we went to see last oh, week yeah
2: we went to see uh, dr, dr. koneski at soho theater this week and it's unfortunately over now but we will be coming back to that topic uh, later on in the season so keep an ear out for that if you want to find more about it then go on facebook the Menstronauts. they have an activist menstruate menstrual group
1: yeah and i would like to say as well that that performance actually caused my period to come on i think well i mean in some way scientifically it did. <laughs> yeah exactly so you know thanks for that we this week are joined by zine maker and drummer of the band clammy hands megan pickering hi megan hey and i should have introduced myself but i think you guys should know by now i'm emma and this is leo hi maybe we've got some new listeners you never know I'm mm-hmm. um, also happy new year listeners Happy New oh, Year. Thank you, uh, I like that you guys pretended that you were a business, that was <laughs> right, nice. Yeah. Um, and also we've got Freddie Engineering. Hi Freddie. Hey. Uh. Before we get started, Megan, you've chosen a song that we wanted to listen to. Can you, int- can you explain a bit about why you chose that song and introduce it because you know that I can't pronounce it?
0: Yeah, it's by a band called Nack Texan, who are from Sheffield, and it's called Awkward, and I thought it would be good to start the show because I'm quite awkward and it's all about being a bit anxious and not really knowing how to talk properly when you want to impress people. So that will set the
1: tone nicely for a half hour of chat. (laughs) As we're saying, it's a new year, and I thought maybe we could see if we, anyone has any New Year anecdotes. Think Although you when I did stop. a little, yeah, I did a little survey. It seemed like people were quite low on the New Year <laughs> anecdotes, so it might just be my one. I went to a club night called Does It Feel to Be Loved, which was really fun, really nice. But they played a lot of Smiths, and they played at least six Belle and Sebastian songs, which I was finding increasingly difficult to dance or like be jolly to. At some point through the night, so I went with my friend Alice, and at some point in the night, I hadn't seen her for a few minutes. So I thought maybe she'd gone out for a cigarette, or I don't know, whatever it was. She came back to me, and she, her hair was just absolutely soaking. And I thought, oh, she's gone outside for a cigarette and it's been pouring with rain. Obviously, like, in the club, it's hard to tell, like, if it's raining outside or not. So I was like, it must just be really, like, pissing it down. But later on, it kind of transpired. I don't know if you guys have been to Montague Arms. You know there's a motorbike just on the dance floor. Yeah. I'm not really sure why. But so she'd been sitting on the motorbike and she had, like, a pint of cider in her hand. And all of a sudden, she kind of slipped and her kind of bum went from under her and she accidentally poured a whole pint of cider on her own head. <laughs> so that is why she turned up. And to me, that was the highlight of a new year. And it has been. Actually, that might be my mini- Celebration. Was as well. it the highlight of hers? She, I think she understood that it was very funny. Mm-hmm. Like, I think she was happy for the joy that it brought other people, which is very generous of her. That is very generous. Um, but yeah, so Alice pouring a pint of cider on her own head was probably my highlight of New Year's Eve. Anyone else got any highlights or anecdotes or?
2: I've anti-anecdotes. Got like a, I guess mine's more of an anti-anecdote. I had a dinner with family and my extended family and um, then I got up very early the next day. I just felt very tired and that I wanted to go to sleep all the time which I think sets the tone for 2017. I like sleep early nights are for me. I've put you know that little thing on your alarm clock on your phone sometimes you can say what time you should go to bed and just before coming on air at around ten thirty, I got a notification saying it's time for bed. Yeah, we need to change the time of our show. It's, it's really messing with our sleep cycles. Megan, what about you? Any
1: New Year's Eve anecdotes or anti-anecdotes?
0: Mm, not really I have more of the our whining oh yeah okay
1: and, uh, <laughs> we always we always have more gripes than we have celebrations yeah. I think that's fair um, Freddie I feel like you had something to, that you want to say about New Year's Eve
0: uh, I was just moaning about how badly it's celebrated in London as compared to Scotland
1: I think you're right because as I say like just before the bells just before the midnight bells the DJ put on like a three minute song which was there's a light that never goes out which is very depressing and then I looked at my watch and it was three minutes past twelve then he played the bells which obviously is too late and and then New Year was brought in by like a Star Wars theme.
0: Which well, how do yeah, you dance to that? That's classic London New Year. They I've been I started counting down to ten one time and someone actually shushed me
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant were you were you counting the wrong time was it like oh, the next oh, day so so 10 just, 10 PM? i was
0: being too loud near their, their, their conversation
1: that's ridiculous okay so yeah megan you're desperate to do a gripe so what is oh, your gripe of it
0: <laughs> just i hate new year and having to like everyone reflecting and be like i'm gonna do this this year or this has happened to me last year it's just a really hard time and because of that i am late for my period because i'm stressed Maybe we should have brought you to Dr. Koneski's period
2: performance. Emma got her period seven hours after seeing the play. That's amazing. I'm hoping I might start on the show and I can announce it. (sighs) That'd be amazing. And if you start it when you get home, just tweet the show. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: that
2: would be a Maybe, achievement for us. <laughs> yeah, very least women makes people get their periods. <laughs> I hope so. Um, what is your gripe as the new year? You know what? Um, I actually stole this gripe from my sister, but I, it is a relevant gripe. I just get quite annoyed that people keep hating 2016 as if it was a person like 2016 elected cr- Trump and 2016 killed David Bowie. I just, I'm just not buying it. It's just very frustrating that people personify it in this way.
1: Well, my gripe of the new year is that Catherine, our third very least woman, said she would come back to the show this season, but already she's not here in the very first here? episode. I can't see her. She she's said, not in the studio. She said she's not here because she's at an office Christmas party, which I think you all agree seems like a made-up excuse. So anyway... We've got Megan Pickering on the show and I, I want to talk about how we first met. So I first saw you selling zines and you had one called Frigid yeah. and when I saw it I thought, no offence, but this is perfect for Leo, yeah, so actually thanks. it's brought the three of us together. <laughs> it has. Uh, how did you feel when I gave you that zine? <laughs> no, do you know what, I mean? like, what did you think of it?
2: Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed reading it and I liked getting the zine and I thought it was really lovely that you thought of me as well, so it was positive feelings all round. Can you tell us a bit about what inspired that scene?
0: Yeah, so my best friend uh, Jack William wrote a zine about every man he ever had sex with and it's quite a big zine and it kind of changed his life of thinking about relationships he's been in and kind of bad ones and good ones and then at the same time of this i just got out of my my first relationship and I was like really cringing inside and I was like, oh, if I wrote a zine it would be like a poster. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, but why am I embarrassed about that? I'm really like in this sex positive scene where it's like you should be able to have as little or as much sex as you want. But it was still really embarrassing to think that I'd had one partner. So I wrote this zine just about my anxieties of around that and as well as around of just around being comfortable, yeah, just around sex. So, And then I was really embarrassed to bring it out and not sure anyone would relate it. But every time I'm at zine fair, I can just see someone's eyes light up when they see it and then secretly look and then get it from me and just lots of people have kind of had similar feelings and it's just opened up lots of cool conversations around that but I think it was funny as well because the next time I kind of bumped into you I think at a gig or
1: something and I said oh I think we've met before I think I bought and I felt really embarrassed because I was like if it's not you you're just some random person where I'm like you put out the scene frigid but it was you. and also I shouldn't have been embarrassed
2: because I think you um,
0: remember you saying are you the frigid girl (laughs) <laughs> all right. Wow. Okay. That's was probably like,
2: slightly worse. Or are you like, yes. <laughs> Were the bits where people have been,
0: that that resonated for me? No one really says exactly what they just say, or oh, like thanks for doing this type of thing mm. because it's very much about like really liking sex, but then having this awkward thing of like trusting people or yeah, all sorts of things. Whereas people also relate to jacks really well so we have them next to each other it's like i'm a slot and frigid together Mm -hmm. and they're very different but lots of people connect with them in different ways so how did you get into zine making in the first place i remember going to the queer zine fest in like 2013 when i just graduated and at the time i kind of didn't really know much about the anxiety that I have or and I wasn't out as being queer, but I just went into this space and saw all these like amazing people making zines about being queer and having anxiety and all of these interesting things and I was just wanted to make zines but I didn't really until I think it was like a year and a half after that. But I'd always had it in the back of the mind that I really, really wanted to do this. And at that um zine fair I picked up working class queer zine and in that it had a quote that grammar is political and kind of They weren't gonna, they took submissions, but they weren't gonna spell check it or change any grammar because often that's quite can be quite classist and ableist. And it was just kind of blew my mind that, like, because I'm dyslexic and I've always felt like. My words, like, on paper are less important because they might not be accurate or not as, like, academic. And then I read all these working-class queer stories that weren't, like, edited, and it just really, like, inspired me to want to do that. And what was the first zine that you made then? I made a zine that's called Are You Ready To Be Strong? And... Basically, I had this one day where I had really bad anxiety, and I was in my room, and I couldn't leave, and I was stood staring at my door, and I was like, had my fist clenched, and I was trying to just go and make myself a cup of tea, but I just couldn't do it because just like a social interaction with anyone just seemed like the hardest thing. So I just do what I always do and watch Buffy the Vampire Slur. So the next day, I decided. Because I'd watched the episode of Buffy where they are stuck in the house and they do exactly the same thing where they're trying to like open the door and they're all teaming together to just leave the house, but none of them can even though they really want to. So I decided to make a zine about watching that episode, pulling out quotes and my experience of trying to make a cup of tea when my mental health was bad and like how they related to each other. So I just made it in one day because I thought, if I don't do this, I'm never going to make a zine. I need to do it. And I just did it, I printed it, and then it was DIY Cultures the next day, so I just took it and I sold it to a few people. And from then on, I was just like, this is so easy, and it helped me like get over this one day that was really bad. It just spiralled from that.
2: Has it helped with that particular issue of going to the kitchen and get- making cup Yeah, with-
0: definitely. I mean, other things have as well, but sometimes <coughs> if, I ha- if I feel a bit like that, I'll read that zine and be like, oh, it's OK, I can do that. So I haven't Mm. been ever stuck in my room since making that zine. That's amazing. Why do you think Buffy's so inspirational? (laughs) I (laughs) noticed it in
1: a couple of different booths and things at the the kind of zine fest that we've been talking about. So Mm. why do you think people take such inspiration from Buffy?
0: I think she's just like a really complex character because she's vulnerable but she's also strong and I used to watch her when I was really little and just wanted to be, like, the characters in it. I more wanted to be Spike. Please, can you relay your Spike anecdote? Because I thought it was really sweet. Um, (laughs) Because upstairs, you were saying when you were about maybe, what did you say, 10? I think I was about 10, maybe a bit younger. You wanted the Spike look. I wanted the Spike look. I used to have this life-size poster of him, and I also had a poster of Gabrielle, on my not Zena, because i was like in love with gabrielle too but i wanted to look like spike some like i cut all my hair off my mom like let me go and get it cut off and then i went to the hairdressers and asked them to shave my eyebrow exactly like spike's eyebrow and i had a little postcard of him <laughs> that i took in and the hairdresser was like i am not doing that to your daughter like why would you let her do this and my mom was like she can do what she wants and like dragged me home and then shaved my eyebrow for me and i thought i looked amazing was yeah. it well i received at school I can't really remember. Primary school, like, I think it was, yeah. Primary school was really good. But I was more just thinking I looked amazing, so I didn't really care what anyone else thought. All the zines that I've seen that
1: you've made have been per zines. Is that right? So it's kind of personal zines that you've made about yourself. Would you rather work alone or do you ever collaborate with other people?
0: I sometimes collaborate with best friend Jack. Uh, We worked on a zine together called Hate Letters, where we took submissions. Um, It was kind of follow-up from his slot zine, uh, where he'd had a hate letter he wanted to send to one of his exes, and then we got lots of people to submit different hate letters, and my mum submitted, and just lots of people. So I designed it and we pulled them all together. Yeah. So, but I prefer, I really like doing stuff like that, but it's quite hard when you're reading other people's stories and you want to like present them in the best way possible. Whereas when I make a mini zine about something that's happened or just a little thing I want to talk about, I find it much easier to just do that and then put it out there because that's me and I'm not worrying about someone else it's just something I need to do so yeah I prefer doing that. And what's been the kind of the hardest scene that you've made? I think bullied zine was quite hard to do because it was very emotional I just I didn't think I was going to write it it was actually I wrote a bit of for frigid but then it turned into this huge piece about being at school and um, not being sure of sexuality and just being bullied and I wrote, wrote over a thousand words just in like sitting down that was really hard to put together but once it was done it was really good and what kind of responses have
1: you have you had
0: for the bullied one it's been quite mixed because people often want to block out school so they a lot of people thank me for it and then a lot of people just don't really want to talk about because it'll open up too much for them as well
1: let's just talk about your uh, distro yeah your distro so it's called eliza agar press can you explain who that is and why you decided to call it that
0: Yeah, so so me and Jack made a few zines, then we wanted to put a distro together, and then we decided to call it Eliza Agar Press. And Eliza Agar is my great-great-great-grandmother. And a few years ago I found out she was in prison in London. I was really interested in this and it turned out she was in prison for kind of performing backstreet abortions um, and she was a midwife in the area for working class women who couldn't really afford things and she was a cleaner and she would also say she was the seventh sister of the seventh sister and she would have this crystal ball in her house and women would come for their fortunes being told and my grandma remembers having to leave the house and um, when women came to, for their fortunes being told but that was them like coming like had unwanted pregnancies and right. that was their way of getting help that they needed how, how did it come up that that was your great great grandmother yeah um I just have these like I'm really close with my grandma and I'll just go around the house and have a cup of tea and then she'll just tell me a random story and I'm like what you haven't told me this before and then we'll have like an in-depth conversation about it no one really talked about in the family for a while it's quite a taboo subject but now the family can talk about it more because obviously yeah it's important to talk about our histories and our personal histories and family histories and learn from them
1: how do they talk about it like are they are they like proud or is it something they still find kind of
0: shocking or like how is it discussed in your family my family are very political and I think it's something that they know is important. And I think it's quite sad to talk about because it's sad to think that people have to go through that and have to do it. Have backstreet abortions and how people are still fighting for that right of choice. It's just part of our family and like fighting for people's rights is kind of part of what my family do. And do you think you write about her? Yeah, I definitely want to. I've wrote about her in my zine Silence Feminisms, which is looking at different um, articles in Spare Rib magazine. So there was a bit about abortion then. So I kind of compared it. And let people know how to get an abortion, and then talked about my great great grandmother, but I would like to do like a mini one just about her life and how that's influenced why we want to use her name on the press because she's like an important woman who like fought for choice, so that's why I want to use her name.
1: I think it's also just really interesting because I think that like the more I look at my family history i I'm drawn to like my grandmother's, mm. but like I don't feel like there's that much known. like I don't know that there's people know a huge amount about like a lot further back like all I know like I know that my dad's grandmother so my great-grandmother is also called Emma and she used to have a radio radio program so like I feel there's a little connection there but I don't know a lot a huge
2: amount else I don't know anything about my great grandparents at all I don't know a single fact like I barely know about my grandparents it's hard to get information out of my parents rather so what have you learned do you think from your zine making
0: I think I've learned like the importance of like peer education And learning from each other because I've learned so much about like relationships and mental health and being queer just from like reading other people's experiences and then having conversations with people who've made those zines. Um, Then I have whatever from like a textbook at school and just the importance of like teaching each other and learning from each other's lives and stories. And can you recommend us any kind of current zines or zine makers that you like? Well, one zine that really changed... It's not perfect, but Learning Good Consent is, like, a really good zine that I first read. When I read it, it kind of just blew my mind about what consent is. Uh, Jacob v. Joyce, uh, obviously, White Boys is one of my favourite zines. And my friend Jessica Scott wrote an amazing zine um, called The Kitchen Free Cookbook, which is about kind of... Homelessness, and it's just like a really beautiful zine. I've seen that one before in a zine swap. I should also mention that Jacob B.
2: Joyce is a former guest on Very Alice Women. So, if you want to hear more about that zine, you can listen to that episode. That's true yeah.
1: on, on our podcast. It is on Which, our podcast
2: um, www.acast.com forward
1: slash Very Search for it on iTunes. Oh, seamless. Yeah. Um, okay, so you're also in a band. Can yes. you tell us about it? And also, the name is Clammy Hands. Where does that name come from?
0: So, Clammy Hands is kind of because when I was. Well, for I, can't, I think forever I've had Calmy Hands and I used to get really quite teased for it at school. But when I was 17, I met um, Sophie, who's in Calmy Hands, and we both... Like bonded over having clammy hands and our love for L7 and how we thought it was amazing. The singer in L7 like took out a tampon and threw it at some guys who were throwing mud at her, and we were just like really bonded, and we wanted to start a clammy hand gang. And Sophie was going to be like the queen of this gang because we went to London, and she was stood on the tube. And she was, like, holding the pole, and her hand was so sweaty it was, like, dripping down the pole. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, my God, I love you. And that's kind of how our idea started. But we were always too... Well, I've always been too shy and never thought I'd have the confidence to be in a band, but then I saw an advert for First Timers, uh, which happens at DIY Space Full every year, for, like, a gig for all First Timers band. So when I... I got a little bit drunk and I text my best friend Jack and I was like Jack this is the real Megan texting you and she wants to be in a band and she wants to play drums and it's going to be called Clammy Hands and then the next morning I woke up and Jack was like you're going to do this for first timers so that, so I just put an ad out it was like Sophie me and you are going to be in this band and we're going to find other people with Clammy Hands to start this band and we're going to sing about being sweaty and anxious and <laughs> so we found other sweaty anxious people and we all happen to be bisexual and it, we just like sing about those types of things
1: and being awkward I love that you're a whole Band of clammy handers,
0: does yeah. it get in the way of playing? Not necessarily for me, but sometimes it gets a bit slippy on the guitar and bass. <laughs> <laughs> and we usually like put our hands together at the start and like just make sure everyone's this way as possible. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Um,
1: so you told us before you have a there's one of your songs is called Lies Mams or Mums Tell You. Yeah. And I thought maybe we could just talk a little bit about lies our mums have told us. Um, I don't know if you want to start.
0: Yeah. One of the one of the lies my mom used to tell me is I used to go at my great grandma's house, and you know when people kind of stuff tights and then they put them in the door to stop the air uh, getting through, like yeah. the cold draft. And my mom would tell me there were real dead legs of people she'd murdered, and she was like hiding the rest of the bodies in the house. That's and right. I was <laughs> and I was terrified to go at my great grandma's house because I thought she like murdered people. <laughs>
2: That seems like quite unnecessary, I like, to tell you. Yeah. Um. What about you, Leah? My mum has like funny expressions. You've been burning the candle at both ends, or after That's a trip. That's quite a standard expression. If, if I've like got a lot of mosquito bites or a sore back or something, she'll say like, "Have a hot bath. A nice long hot bath is usually the order of going." Which I think has no therapeutic value whatsoever, but she kind of pitches it in a way like it's the medical or The lie that I remember my mum telling
1: me was she told me that I could use tampons after I got married married. married and um, (laughs) I think I've kind of understood why she says that maybe but um that's definitely not true yeah so that was one that I remember Freddie you had one for us didn't you
0: I did my mum uh I remember she used to always tell me that the wind you know if you pull silly faces and the wind changes it'll get stuck like that and I was quite old until uh, I stopped worrying about that actually happening
1: and now your face is stuck like that so <laughs> <laughs> sorry you had one as well about yellow
0: teeth which I uh, yeah in. it wasn't my mum, but one of the other clummy hands uh, her mum told her that yellow teeth are stronger And when you told us it's upstairs, Leah said, that is true. (laughs) I'm sure it's true. I
2: was actually told that by a dentist and, and I Googled it and it said that it was true. So, so, I'm not I'm sure. Not sure to, out, so.
1: mm-hmm. You might have to completely check, rewrite your song. <laughs> Disaster. When we were talking about this, I was thinking I couldn't think of very many and it made me either worried that like either my parents just didn't tell me many lies or I just still believe all the lies they told me, so I don't even realise they're lies. I hope it's not that. I you mean, I
2: reproach my parents with maybe being a little too truthful. Like, mm. Santa has never really been thing that's secret for me. Like, all of the lies, I've made them up myself. Like, witches down the loo, that kind of thing. <laughs> you know when you flush it, the witches come out, so I just wouldn't flush the loo when I was growing up. <laughs> Classic <laughs> lie that we've all told ourselves. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> I used to think there was sharks in the toilet. Right,
1: it's a my scary b- place. I used to think that um, my brother, because we used to have together when we were little, I used to think that he would get, like, I would get taken out first because younger, and I would worry that he was going to get sucked down the
2: plug hole if he didn't get out in time. But I mean, no one told me that. I made that lie. That's up on my what own. I mean. Yeah, I made more. Aff- my parents also had that book. Where do I come from? Did you ever have that one? The one with the little hearts and floating sperms. And it's about like how a baby is. <laughs> oh,
1: it's <laughs> like, a classic. I know the book. Yeah, you know yeah, the yeah, book. Know the yeah. book. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. So I like never really had any. Like there were no lies around sex being told to me basically. But then some of the lies in your song are things like you know we'll love you no matter what.
0: Yeah. Which, like, some of them
1: are
2: good lies like your hair looks
0: fine and nobody noticed and things like that. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Which Actually, are good
2: My mum said, because I used to have trouble getting sleep, she says if you close your eyes and you're in silence, that's the same as sleeping. And even if it's not true, it's still a really helpful method of getting to sleep everyone. So if you do have treat- like sleeping <laughs> trouble, give that a shot before your sleeping pills. So do you have any gigs coming up with clammy hands then? Yeah,
0: we have one on Friday, this Friday at Vinyl Deptford um, with Camboys and Alex Chilton. Which should cool. be fun If anyone wants to come Listeners If you want to see Some
1: clammy hands Some <laughs> instruments Sliding around um, I think maybe Well we should probably say You should follow us On Twitter At VLW Radio And um, I don't know If you have a Twitter Or anything You want people to Yeah follow. it's At Mean Pickering And um, a Tumblr or anything Yeah if you're just Megan Pickering And can people Buy your zines online Is that yeah, possible Yeah I'll have like an Etsy Cool thanks very much For coming on the show Thank you bye Thanks for listening Listeners And thanks Megan For coming on the cool. show Thanks for reminding um, me Happy New Year Thank <laughs>